Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. Yeah. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. What's up? And we are coming to you live from the internet, the only place to be <laughs> these days. I'm uh, very right. excited to chat with all of you. Uh, we are live in two places. We are live on Crowdcast. We're also live over on YouTube. The and two. we are, uh, I, as I like to say, undead over on the audio podcast. Uh, as that rolls out later. Uh, if you're over on YouTube, give us a little bit of a thumbs up. We always like that. We like the likes over there. Thank you uh, very much for listening. Uh, now, we have three, three amazing guests for you guys tonight on the show, Ooh. plus the regular round of questions that we'll get to later on, surprises, other things like that. Uh, but if you guys t- Alex, wait, wait. There are surprises? Uh, prizes to surprises. Can I mention? Uh, this is a surprise, but uh, I, I can mention something that happened this week. So... Uh, about like last Wednesday or this Thursday for us, bet I bet. Pete. What? This is probably if, if Alex is bringing, got to be something that's good for us. Yes. Uh, no. 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 Or, this is all positive. Uh, no. No. This is great. Uh, so uh, my son, my six-year-old son, uh, around Thursday or Friday. Uh, he always is wondering what we're doing down here with comic book club and recording and <laughs> podcasts and everything. Uh, and he was like, you know, you yeah. should really have a theme song. And I was like, well, actually we do have a theme song. A and great he was like, theme song. No, no, no. But you really need a theme song. And I was like, actually there's uh, this woman, Kimmy Gatewood. She's pretty famous. She was on glow. She's uh, been on yeah. uh, atypical and a bunch of other things. Uh, great director. director yeah, uh, really famous. Uh, Hilarious our theme song. Yes. And that's pretty awesome. He's like, yeah, but I came up with a theme song. Oh, and oh, he came up with it. Is he trying to like become our producer or something? Is he trying to know. bump Jimmy Gatewood? He said something about shots fired. I know that. Wow, wow. Not uh, okay. But he, he has, and this is no joke. Actually, he has been going around singing his version of what he thinks the CBC theme song should be all week. So I recorded it really quickly right before the show. I was hoping I could play it here and maybe get your guys' opinion on it, if that's right. This is a platform. Let's get this kid out there. (laughs) All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, This is his theme song. Mm, mm, CB. CBE. CB. I meant C. 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 BCCBC. Yeah, you're the Comic Book Club. Comic Book Club. Comic Book Club. Mm. Comic Book Club. The Comic Book Club. It's a club of comics. Comic Book Club. 
Comic Book Club. Mm, comic. Comic Book Club. Yeah. Oh. There we go. Mom's on them. I love There's a scene of some a little fireworks at the end there. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of an explosion going on. Uh, what do you think? Uh, should we replace Kimmy's theme song with that? Uh, Keep no. Kimmy's. Uh, what? No. Oh, Tell him to learn that. to play some instruments. Tell him about, like, you know, show him real he, music and then what he did and then have him make the connections on his own. You know what I mean? You don't need to rub his nose in his lack of a full band. Do you know uh, what? Uh, I He's being, uh, he's getting put to bed by my wife right now. I'm going to go upstairs good. and be like, get a job. Yeah. yeah. Does that work for you? Yeah. Throw, yeah. Just throw a saxophone into his bed with him and see if he can. Yeah, You're not getting yeah. up until you can uh, give us a solo. Uh, let me say, He's got a gravelly sort of haunting voice that he's yeah. It sounds like a chain smoker. I like yeah. It. Uh, he has a uh, three packs a day. I can't stop yeah. him. Yeah, I did good. that thing where I was like, "Oh, you're gonna smoke one? Smoke the whole pack?" And he was like, so- "Dude, <laughs> mind if I do?" <laughs> nice, real Tom Waits vibe. I yeah. feel like you could yeah. have going on here. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We've got a lot of guests on the show, as I mentioned. So I'm going to invite the first one here into the stream right now. His name is Kyler Merrill. He's one of the creators yeah. behind Stonewood Mountains, a new Kickstarter project uh, that is on ye old Kickstarter right now. Uh, it is a charming tale of two Ooh. kids who get lost in the woods and some terrible been things there? happen to them. Yeah, I've been there. Well right. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyler Merrill! <laughs> Welcome, welcome to CBE. I mean, C. Glad to be here. <laughs> Whichever one it is. Same yes. Uh, Kyler, thanks so much for coming on. Excited to have you here. You are based in Oklahoma, is that right? Yep. I am a third grade teacher in Seminole. Aww. Wow. Yeah. It's, horrible. it's a bit of, it's a little crazy right now, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Wait, are you, uh, this has nothing to do with the comic books. Are you doing in-person schooling? Are you doing remote? What's going on? Yeah. We're, we're in person and we're they, wow. every once in a while they call us out, but we only had to do that one other time, but around here, a lot of schools are closing. So it's just, we're just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop at this point. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, that's where we are here in New York as well. Yeah. Well, that's kind well, of, I just, that's vibe everywhere. I just wanted to say thank you for what you do, man. That's a tough job. And, uh, it, you know, yeah. it, it's, somebody's it's gonna watch these kids and you know keep track yeah. and eye on for a little bit you know yeah no nah, it's it's fun <laughs> i get a kick out of them as much as they are a pain in the butt they i love them you know what i mean mm-hmm. third grade is such that middle area between like yeah you know, easy child i'm yelling all the time and like being like everything's intense i'm exactly. yeah. love <laughs> I, know. I spent girl some time in fourth and fifth grade and there was too much are you going to be my boyfriend? Are you going to, do you like me? I was, I'm wow. done with that. I'm, that was enough. That was enough. One year was, that was it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about your Kickstarter project, uh, Stonewood yeah. Mountains, which is going right now. It's a fun book. Uh, as we mentioned, it's about two kids get kind of lost in the woods. Some creepy stuff happened. Uh, talk about the initial idea, um, how you're balancing that with teaching third grade at the same time and where um, the uh, inspiration came from. It's, um, it's something that's been around in my head for, I don't know, five six years at this point it's been around for a while and um it's kind it's based on two it's gone through a lot of phases um one of the first phases is now it's a kid-friendly book but originally i was going to make it a um it was going to be super adult i was getting really into kevin smith and it was going to be super stoner comedy that kind of thing and i was kind of and then as i was writing it i was like this just i just couldn't do it as much as i like that i couldn't write it myself and so 
it's just um, changed over time a lot. Um, the characters are actually based on two of my own friends, um, JC and Ashley, that live out in San Diego. I knew them in high school, and so I kind of based it around them. And um, yeah, it's just um, I wanted to do something kid friendly because, like I said, I'm a teacher, and something that eventually I can put on my own shelf and show a kid, hey, look, I wrote that. I I'm kind of a success, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so slightly that, successful exactly I'm, I'm moderately successful i showed them one book that i self-published a couple months ago and they were like blown away and it's something that it's 30 pages it's a floppy that's nothing but they were like oh my god so um, i mean come on like you're the you're their teacher and yeah. you're doing something they find cool like that would yeah. mind as a child yeah, yeah i just right. i just forget that i'm to them i'm an adult to me, I'm still you know, like nobody, but to them, they're like, oh, no, he's like a real, he's like a real person. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't know anything either. But um, I like the idea that you sort of masquerade as a third grader. Like you sit at a little do. desk, you're like, you know what, I'll teach today. We're all peers here. I'm in the class and I think it works most of the time. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But um, we're all in this together. Exactly. But uh, you said balancing it. I, like I said, it's something I've been working on for five or six years or not five or six, probably four or five. But um, it's just been, you know, so back when I was a college student, I somehow, this doesn't make sense. I had more time than mm-hmm. I do now. Now it's a, you know, full-time job. And then on top of that, you know, come home, grade papers, make sure assignments are up online, all that kind of stuff. So I don't have as much time now, which I regret because the Kickstarter takes a lot more than I, oh yeah, more than I planned. Cause I did another book in um, the spring uh, about called pandemics and panels. It was just a super low key anthology that I just kind of threw together on a whim. And I had time cause I was in quarantine and so I was like, oh, I can do this book. I can run this Kickstarter. And then not thinking about the fact that, oh, no, I have a full-time job to do. And so it's been a bit of a, <laughs> it's been a, bit of a trip. But we're, we're here now. So uh, This is very much side to the Kickstarter, but I'm curious, since you are talking about teaching graphic novels, I feel like every couple of months this debate comes up about teaching graphic novels in schools. Certainly we're a comic book talk show, so we're on the side of it works, kids yeah. should do it, kids should read it, it's reading like anything else. But sure is. there's always this back and forth. Is that something you've dealt with at the school, particularly as not just a comic book fan, but also as a comic book creator? Uh no. I mean, I've never run into any issues with it. I will say that I love the idea of having comics in my room. I have a few on my shelf. Um, the problem is um, there's a couple problems with it. It's one of them is because, you know, we have AR tests so kids can read a book and test on it, their comprehension and all that. And it's hard to get them to read a comic book with the same uh, enthusiasm or not enthusiasm, but with the same attention that they read a regular book because they see a comic book is, oh, this is fun. I can look the pictures flip through. I get what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But with a book, you know, they have to pay attention. And so that's a hard thing to do. And it's also difficult because um, you can't read comic books out loud. Mm -hmm. You can. I've done a few of them, you know, with my um, document camera. So it shows it up up on the board. And it's doable, but it's not ideal. It's just hard to – you can't read the dialogue. It's not the same. They can get the idea, but they don't understand the full thing. So – I like the idea. I wish I could do more. It's just hard to logistically work out. Yeah. Uh, 
that's interesting. I've never heard that that sort of take on it before. Um, that's uh, I feel like that's something that in practice yeah. it's actually is yeah. difficult. Like and, I mean, I've thought about going to other store to you know shops around here and kind of just get like in the quarter bin and just grabbing a bunch of them and just you know doing a lesson on those. But it's just it's still going to be difficult to do because kids are so wishy washy and they're very picky. Yeah. Um, well, let, yeah. Let's get back to the book for a second. Uh, so, <laughs> no, 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 that, that was great and uh, very illuminating. So thank you. Um, uh, so you have these two kids. They get lost in the woods, as we saw in the art, if you were watching it live. Uh, they start to encounter some weird lights and strange thing happens. So what can you kind of tease about the plot of the book? Um, well, the plot is, well, the first six pages, um, which is online at the Kickstarter, um, Stone of Mountains, uh, they wake up in the woods and they realize that the trees around them aren't what they went asleep to. They realize that somehow in the middle of the night, things have changed and they see the little, the will of the wisp, the little balls of light. And so that's kind of where we jump off at, that they don't know where they are and they're lost. And the thing is, these two kids are, they couldn't be more different. You have Jason, who's very shy and very um, introspective. And then you have Ariel, who's always ready to, go on an adventure. And so she's like, we're lost. This is awesome. And Jason's, <laughs> he's terrified. He's like, I don't want to, we got to find our way home. She's like, this is fun. And so it's kind of them playing off that. And slowly they realize that there's this force called the rot and it's taking over the woods. It's eating it up. And uh, they come into contact with lots of different magic and um, other forces that they have never seen before. And, um, there's just there's it's hard to explain because if, if you know if the book gets made it's it's something that there's a lot of secrets in it but like I said it's both made mostly just two kids learning to be friends with each other because they used to be best friends and their bond was always through the outdoors and now that they um, they've slowly grown apart and this is kind of their last chance effort to come back together and I think that's kind of the core of the book really. Um, is kind of sticking with those character moments because you know those are what really those are what people pay attention to is a character moment. So, yeah, I that's think awesome. that's so important to have that core beyond mm-hmm. any of the weird stuff that's going on, uh, and it clearly comes through both in the art and the plot of the book. Yeah. Um, at this point, how much time do you have left in the Kickstarter if people want to jump? We have in? about eleven days or something, uh, eight days. I was wrong. Um, and <laughs> that's kind of the problem is, um, we are far from our goal, but that's kind of, uh, we knew that going in, we knew we were asking for a lot and neither me or the artist, uh, Gabby Scanlon, who's been amazing and who's been probably just as, if not more involved than I've been just because she seems to have really connected with these characters a lot. She's part of the reason that we really built on the character aspect of it, but, um, it's just, we knew what we were getting into and we've learned a lot of lessons. And so I think what we've kind of been trying to tell people is we know we've pretty much come to terms with it's not going to fund. And we're both too stubborn to give up. We've literally <laughs> said that. We've both been like, I'm not going to quit. And we've both been like, yeah, no, I'm not either. So we decided we're going to, um, we're going to push through it. And, um, cause if people back it, we can keep track of that and we can be aware of who's backed it because, the thing about Stone and Mountains is it's not dead. It's not going to be dead. Like I said, it's something I've worked on for four or five years, and so I'm not done with it. She yeah. doesn't seem yeah. to be done with it either. I mean, I'm not. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but she, like I said, she seems to have gotten pretty into it. And so 
we're going to try to uh, relaunch next year. But if people keep backing, we have some special rewards in mind for next time that if you back this time and then you back again next time, we'll be able to know, oh, Alex, Pete, you guys backed it the last time. We know that. Here, we'll slide in this extra print. We might give you early access. We're still figuring out the logistics, but cool. we have a couple pretty good ideas. So, yeah, just people, if people want to, just keep backing it because, like I said, I think it's a good project. This is hopefully the first of three volumes. Um, we'll see how that goes, but, yeah. So, in this scenario, me and Pete backed it, but Justin didn't. That, yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting day. Yeah, I mean, well, Justin. Justin Face is not there right now, so I couldn't really. Uh, <laughs> it's because we it's because we grew apart, and um, we're going to go on a, an adventure. We need we're to gonna find that's our way. Gonna, that's what's going to bring us back. Yeah, we we've been, we've been, we used to, and we got to, we got to do it again. And let, whatever monsters come for us, well, I and you'll we live it. on. Exactly. Okay. Good. Oh, even better. That's great. Uh, yeah. Kyler, thank you so much for coming on the show. Good luck with the project, <laughs> whether it finishes now or next time. It's awesome to yeah. talk to you. And good luck with the kids. Good luck with school and everything. Yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Glad to be All here. All right. Yeah, Bye. take care of yourself. Great to meet you, All man. right. Uh, once again, that project is called Stonewood Mountains, and it is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, for the next eight days, as he mentioned, if you want to support it, uh, we're going to turn from one Kickstarter it. project to another one and invite our next uh, guest into the stream here uh, for us, it, the three of us to drift apart and have to go on an adventure because we've hey! been going strong for, Hey, 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 hey here we go. our next guest who I, I didn't have a chance to introduce before he got on, but Travis Gibb uh, from Cthulhu invades Oz. Very exciting. Yes. Travis, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm so excited to be on the show. Uh, I watch the show a lot. Um, oh, the last one, I'm a little bit behind. The last one I watched was a David Peebles, and I learned that adults can get poison ivy, and that was shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't learn anything about comics. I expected <laughs> David to knowledge about how to create amazing comics and raise amazing amounts of money, but I learned that poison ivy can be different <laughs> adults. Well, this- let's just say if you're immature enough yeah it, poison ivy can't affect you mm-hmm. it's just right. pete really got stung by it um but as a regular adult no you you're immune to it yeah we <laughs> we did uh, 14 years ago we got together we were all performers at the pit the people's improv theater here in new york and we decided we want a show that's going to raise awareness about adult poison ivy that's whether right. you're rude or not and finally that's paid off so travis thank you so much yeah good 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 <laughs> yeah let's talk about cthulhu invades oz i think people can figure out what the concept is based Based on the title here, uh, but this is not just one story about Cthulhu invading Oz. This is a ton of stories that are playing throughout this, I believe. Uh, what can you tell us about the project? Yeah, so it's uh, 52 creators telling 17 stories, um, and basically it's the story of every character, what happens when Cthulhu invades, and we basically take war zone points, like this is Invasion Day 45, this is Invasion Day 27, all these different invasion points and what happens during those times, and we kind of look at what would happen. Um, This is a linear anthology, even though it's an anthology, it's a linear anthology, meaning that everything happens in continuity, there is a continuity that goes, there's a beginning and an end to the book, which is really cool. Um, and this book uh, is done by some of the greatest people who are doing Scout Books or Mad Cave or SourcePoint, Action Labs. A lot of the the indie guys, a bit the people on my level, we all contribute to put this awesome book together. That's an unbelievable cover there that you yeah. Awesome. So how how did that work? How did you get everybody together to work on this? Because this seems 
you know, uh, this seems like a unbelievable difficult project to hold together, given the amount of people that are involved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the secret is you ask everyone who you think is talented and you accept anyone who says yes. Um, <laughs> uh, the mistake mm. that other one people do is they go, hey, fill out this application and submit your story and I'll pick which one's best. No, I just picked people who I knew were talented. And because of that, I really got professionals. Like, really, uh, at the end of it, I was like, all right, deadline hit. And I realized that everyone had hit the deadline except for me. Like, oh. I didn't hit the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> um, so That's I was like, great. wow, you guys are great. So, no, it was not hustle. In fact, they were challenging each other. They were throwing down art. And people were like, I need to redo my page. It's not good enough. So it, it was great, man. I got super lucky. Wow. Yeah, the art looks awesome. So much great action uh, on these pages that, yeah. that we're showing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's sort of, that one right there, so that's the one that I did. The person who drew that is a 14-year-old girl. I chose a 14-year-old girl from oh. the <laughs> store to kind of connect with that. So it's oh, that's pretty awesome. cool. She's very talented, too. That helps. Yeah, so, yeah, it looks great. The title is Cthulhu Invades Oz, but it looks like there's a bunch of different monsters beyond the general Cthulhu monster that I think everybody knows with the squid stuff in front of the face. Um, how much H.P. Lovecraft stuff did you kind of pick on? Did you channel? Were there specific stories that you wanted to hit or were off limits? How much guidance was there there? Um, so um, the the only guidance of the rules was you could only use your wow. own character. Um, the, the other rule was uh, if you use a Lovecraft character, it's gotta be one of the lower levels. So they don't fight like, cause there's a couple of different gods. You don't want other mythoses fighting for, for stuff. Um, so we allowed like, you know, the deep ones and a few of the other smaller little Lovecraft characters to be filtered through. Wow. Because it should be a, a essence of Lovecraft as well. Um, the three covers that you see, we did like a comic book cover. We did like, this is like the literal, literal book. Like if you get a book, Back in the day, this is the cover you'd get, right? Uh, and then yeah. the third one is a hand-painted. That's literally on a, a Wizard of Oz book. So each, if you can see in the top corner there, the little Oz, that's because that's what's on that page. The pages were laid out, and he painted this on top of it. Wow, that's awesome. Well, talk about the Oz side of the mythology then. Uh, most people know the first story. They know the Wizard of Oz, but obviously there are a ton of novels that L. Frank Baum uh, wrote over the course of his career. How much of that did you embrace and how much did you expect people to know beyond, say, the movie and the horrific sequel movie that Disney made? Right. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and that's kind of our rule. Right. So though we basically are in continuity, it's like the fourth or fifth book. It happens in between there. Uh, but we really tried to stick to but Return to Oz and Wizard of Oz because those are what everyone's seen. So they know these characters. Mm -hmm. They not know these versions of characters. Uh, but but they've seen them. So there's a couple of other ones smashed in, you know, um, but but yeah, so we have so from Return of the Oz, you know, I see people bashing it in the comments. So it's funny. To talk about it. <laughs> so we use like TikTok, you know, the cool ones, right? TikTok. Yeah. And, uh, who else is is in that? Like, I don't think people uh, uh, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Instagram is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. The way it yeah. just rolled up and then vanished after 24 hours. Um, what connection points did you find between um, the two works? Like, uh, were there any like, oh my God, this, I can't believe how much sense this all makes. Um, so here's an interesting thing that we did. Um, so when Cthulhu arrives, and this is kind of spoiling a little bit how the continuity flows, when Cthulhu arrives, he is like he is in a Lovecraft novel. In fact, we even added poetry to kind of give that flow. 
Because Lovecraft, you remember his writing, it's a little poetic, the way he writes. He kind of adds little rhymes in it, you know? Cats of Uzar yeah. is probably the, the, the best example of that. So we have poems that go through it, um, and he's really dark when he arrives, and he gets sillier as the Wizard of Oz magic kind of affects him. Ah, so yeah, that's cool. at the end, he's a little more like an Oz villain, right? Like a gnome king um, than, than he is stuff. So we kind of flowed that through. Um, and kind of played all that together, which has been a lot of fun, and people have really dug that. I mean, people have taken these places, like the, our Wizard of Oz is black. We decided to make a black Wizard of Oz, kind of change that up. And it's very Game of Thrones-ish, which is kind of fun. So he's using some of the, the lesser characters of Oz and using his puppets. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Uh, if you're pretty close, relatively close to this being successful, you still have time to go, but it's been doing uh, pretty well as a Kickstarter. If it is successful, are you going to do an Oz Invades Cthulhu sequel? <laughs> so so the sequel was announced. Uh, we had a rule, if we could get to halfway funded in the first week, which we did, we had announced the sequel. There is a Congrats. sequel. It's being developed. It is uh, Cthulhu Invades Wonderland. Uh, mm. uh, moving on. Here's the catch. <laughs> Everything that happens in this book is continuity. So like I just said, Cthulhu's a little wonky, so he may be a little weird when he comes to Wonderland, which will fit in fine, you know, based off of uh, Chester Cat and uh, the drugs that are in that movie. I'm pretty positive it's all drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. This is going to be a rough couple of months for him, I think. For Cthulhu? <laughs> for Cthulhu, yeah. 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 Uh, that's tough. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's going to sort of relaxing to go to the drug world. <laughs> it's going to chill out. Uh, okay. Travis, how much more time do you have on the Kickstarter at this point? All it's right, like... so we've got seven days, so we're one less than them, but we are only 3,000 away from making it, 3,500 or so. Um, with our momentum, we're probably going to fund, I mean, uh, obviously we need any support we can get, but we're, we're on track to do so. And, I mean, we got 50 creators, and we've got some, some of the best artists you guys have seen. So just kind of check That's it out, see if you like it. We've got six of the stories already unlocked that people can read, full of the stories. Awesome. awesome. Uh, well, you're going to get that patented comic book, comic book club bump coming up, I think is what's going to happen. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I need a back of the book, so you guys got to put together a back of the book. Did you guys get the preview? Uh, yes. 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 Make sure you share it around. I want a back of the book for you guys. So seriously, I am actually a fan. I watch this show all the time. Uh, thank oh, you man. so much. Great for the community. I love that you guys have pros and mix in indie guys. Like really, uh, you guys are a blessing and uh, there, there needs to be more shows like what you guys have. Hey, oh, so nice. We love it all. That's great. Yeah. Travis. And Poison Ivy, you know, again, I got to save my life. If I ever go outside, oh, yeah. it's, it's, I know be careful, to look down. Be careful. Listen, no, again, we, don't worry we, about I, it. I'm have, I, I had a poison ivy salad for dinner tonight. It's totally good. It's great. Shredded <laughs> with a light vinaigrette. Mm. Very good. Mm. Yeah. What did you put on there? A little calamine lotion? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's real thick. It's like a ranch dressing mm. in a lot of ways. <laughs> Very nice. Travis, good luck with everything. So uh, glad to have you on the show. Thanks for listening and watching as well. Yeah, man. Take care. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, man. Thanks for coming on. All right. Uh, nice once again. Them, man. Very nice. Uh, Travis Gibb, Cthulhu Invades Odds, currently on Kickstarter right now. Uh, looks wild. Looks amazing. Yeah, looks Pete, cool. that's definitely your style, I think. Yeah. You want to see, you yeah, want to see him kick Dorothy's butt, right? Oh, yeah. Aren't uh, you scared of the wheelers, Pete? 
Don't answer, Pete. Uh, instead, I'm going to invite our next guest <laughs> into, into the show. Uh, Isaac Goodhart he is the artist behind Victor and Nora, a Gotham love story, uh, which is just out from DC. It's another one of their great line of uh, incredible YA graphic novels. Uh, so very yeah. excited to have him on. Oop, looks like. That missed. I'm going to try one more time. Missed? <laughs> what do you it have missed. Scary missed. What are you, you, lasso, you lasso the guests in? Like yeah, a it's cowboy? like a whole Western theme here on Crowdcast. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, it is very uh, cool. Very, very cool. Pete, did you have a Poison Ivy flashback just then? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hi. Uh, hey, guys. everybody. Hello. Hey, Thanks Alex. for coming on the show. Justin, thanks for having me on, guys. What's up? Oh, my guys. gosh. No, very excited to chat. Uh, so Victor and Nora, A Gotham Love Story, is currently out uh, from DC. As we mentioned, uh, it's part of this line of YA graphic novels that DC have been putting out that have been so awesome across the board. Yes. Uh, as people can probably tell from this one, it focuses on a much younger version of Victor Freeze and Nora uh, as their first meeting. It's very sweet. Aww. It's very sad. Um, but the big thing that I wanted to talk to you about right off that I think was so great about this book, um, and maybe spoilers here for people People haven't read it, but you embrace so many different art styles throughout the book. Yes. Um, what What was that like trying to tackle that? Um, well, it was a big challenge. Also, thank you for reading the book. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. I mean, I love these characters. Uh, from <laughs> Me too. they're so memorable from the yeah. um, Batman the animated series yeah. uh, storyline that I feel like really was just truly hard, especially as a kid watching that. I was like, oh, my God, this is, it hits, like, Romeo and Juliet level. Are we, uh, are we all the same age? Like, do we all have the same reference point? Because I grew up with Batman the Animated Series. Did you guys? Oh, yes. Too? yes. Okay. I'm 24, but I've really researched a lot. <laughs> you, of you don't look a day over 40, so that's great. Thank you. Oh, um, good. That's, uh, but, um, okay. Yeah, no. So, so uh, to your question, though, Alex, um, the – the different styles that was Lauren, that was Lauren. Mm. Um, and that wasn't a conversation that we had that was just sort of in the script. And then organically, as we move forward, we tried more things, you know? So, um, when I first got the script, I got the first third and Lauren had on whatever page it is 15 or so. Um, let's try something in a different style. I think it might be a little bit, uh, it could be cool. It could be fun to try this and make it feel more like a fantasy sequence. And we did a little bit of that sort of in under the moon, a Catwoman tale, which was our first collaboration at DC. That was in the first wave of DC YA titles. So, um, you know, everything that Lauren and I do is just pushing a little bit more and trying to get, you know, make moments a little bit bigger than it was uh, the last time. So um, it really was organic. So Lauren said, maybe we could try it. I'm thinking like sort of like an old like school cartoon video from the 50s, you know, and, and that was our first style change. So I drew it in this 1950s fallout shelter, you know, safety video that you would see in school projections. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and it worked, you know, and it was, and we sent it to the editors and they were happy and everyone was happy. And so after that, Lauren just put in more of those, you know, mm -hmm. because then she could see that, I was game and I wanted to do this. And um, so throughout the story, we're like trying to put in as many different styles and, and, you know, things that would make sense for these fantasy sequences or these um, 
expositional uh, moments. You know, if we could draw it in a different style, you know, we comics is so great because it's this visual medium and we can, um, um, we can show information in all these different ways. And that was sort of the thinking going in. Um, so we have that as the different styles, but then it, 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 you know, if you'll indulge me and let me rant about the book a Please, little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we have that kind of stuff. But then throughout the story, one of the things that I wanted to do visually is pull in all these these uh, aesthetics from Batman lore. You know, so um, like if you look at Gotham, I spent a lot of time designing Gotham and I put a lot of thought into how I wanted to present the city because that's like the big batman character that's not a character right i mean if you ask like any i know it didn't really make sense i saw alex your eyes you're like, no, no 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 no, no. <laughs> but when you when you ask like people never like, look alex in the eyes never <laughs> it's a just very it's dangerous turn to stone it's terrible it's like no, no, totally makes sense. i mean gotham you're absolutely right gotham is the main character in batman even more so than batman i mean that's something that uh, i think scott snyder really leaned into very heavily in his run and to the point you're making for those who haven't read the book there's this wonderful i think it's a double page splash where Nora kind of looks out at Gotham, looks out at the bridge, looks out to the spread of the land, which is so cool and comes to bear exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah, I think I can um, throw it up over here for you guys. So you can, if this uh, isn't getting too oh, yeah. choppy for everybody yeah, yeah. watching, there's uh, there's the cityscape and one of the, you know, I'm pulling in all these different aesthetics and I'm trying like you mentioned the Scott Snyder run, Greg Capullo does a great Gotham city and his is like, he's one of the best Gotham artists. You know, he has this mix of 1980s New York with this Victorian era uh, architecture and it's weird, but it works and it's amazing. Uh, You know, Jim Lee draws a really weird Gotham city. Um, uh, Batman year one is just you know, Manhattan and the darkest parts of Manhattan when it was real bad. Right. So um, the art deco Batman from uh, Gotham from Batman animated series. So I was trying to pull all those things in. I have like a little bit of Akira in the book uh, towards the end. And, um, and the biggest influence on me with Gotham was Anton first, who was the designer of Gotham in those Batman movies, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Mm-hmm, yeah. So a lot of weird pipes, a lot of yeah. weird things. And the Joel Schumacher very pipe. Yeah, yeah. Everything is unnecessary. Everything, yeah. the more unnecessary, <laughs> the better, just like weird sky bridges, you know, and yeah. I want to throw all this stuff in uh, cause that stuff is so fun and it's, uh, the Tim Burton movies, especially Gotham, is really quirky and weird, like our book is. But it's also there's this uh, almost menacing uh, thing about it, aspect to it. So um, um, when you talk about styles uh, and and the different styles that we're doing, we're also pulling in that stuff for the backgrounds and the settings. And then, um, of course, the hallucination So uh, that, that Nora has. So Nora in our book, just like in all of Batman lore, uh, Nora has a degenerative brain disease. And we're, we're showing that visually in our book. And as the story progresses, every time she sees one of these hallucinations that is tormenting her and following her and, and flaring up in these big emotional moments, 
I was drawing it in a different style almost every time you see it. So um, I work digitally. I'm a digital artist. Uh, I do everything in Photoshop. But towards the as we move forward, I was trying different materials and I was breaking out like paints and old inks and crayons, you know, chalk, just anything I could find. So, um, so thank you for asking about the different styles. It's one of the things that I'm most excited about in Victor and Nora. And thank you so much to Lauren for challenging me. Thank you so much to DC and DC editorial for saying, yeah, go ahead, like experiment, do whatever, (laughs) you know, that's, and and that's one of the coolest things about working in this line, in this DCYA line is that you have this kind of freedom to do that. What I love about it in this story specifically is the story is a, a romance about these characters that later become uh, in, into this fantastical world of becoming a supervillain and like being all that. And I think the genre pieces and the different art styles really build us from and sort of everyday romance into that world in a way that when you arrive at the end, you're like, Oh, right. Great. We're here into the comic book part of the story. And I think it's paced so well. It was really a pleasure to in that way. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Uh, I'm curious about your takes on Victor and Nora. You talked about the general look of the book, the look of Gotham, but uh, of course, Victor and Nora are front and center there. And the way that we think, to Justin's point, about Victor and Nora is we think of Victor as being like completely pale, having no hair, having a bubble over his head. <laughs> Nora's frozen, but it's no no bubble here. No yeah, bubble. there's no bubble. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> but that, given that, like, given that's our idea of them, how do you go back and design these characters yeah. to look like the teens that they are in this book? Yeah. Well, first of all. Victor's look that that is Lauren I was because I'm I'm such a you know level 10 turbo nerd right so <laughs> like yeah. when I first designed uh, when I first designed Victor he's just like he I had him like bald like maybe a little hair he's got the goggles and Lauren was you know who comes okay. from this YA world she's saying you know if we're doing a YA book this is not this is yeah. not it, you know. This man and needs so, to be attractive, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, can we make this? Um, and the, it was the same deal with Under the Moon and Catwoman Tale. I had, um, you know, the Darwin Cook, Adam Hughes-style oh, Catwoman with the short hair, pixie cut. And Lauren, again, was like, this is what we're trying to do, and you're over here, and can we... <laughs> <laughs> she reeled but, you in a little bit, it seems like. Yeah, she's th- and that's, that's why I love her so much. That's why I love our collaboration. Um, so, as far as Victor goes in our book, you know, I think of Victor Freeze, I think of the same Mr. Freeze that you guys do. Um, but uh, we're thinking with our book... Uh, who are these characters when they're young? And um, if we're going to... Nora is as beautiful as she is in Batman the Animated Series and all the comic books that that we know. So who does a woman, a girl like that, fall in love with uh, when she's a teen? And so, you know, Victor... This is Victor before all the fights with Batman, before all the things and the trauma and the struggles in his life that made him stress out and, 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 you know, distort with years of pain and anguish. So this is a different person. I'm a different person uh, now than when I was a teenager. And so is Victor. So we're trying to present them in this different light and show, give enough, 
information and hints of who these characters are going to grow up to be. But, you know, these are different people now when they're teens. So um, I think that you, if, you know, when you read the story, you'll see like, oh, this is, the, we have hints even from the first few pages of the villain that he's going to be. Because even though Victor's a great guy in our book, he has moments where he loses control. He has scary moments, you know? So um, all that stuff was, were conversations in the very beginning and things that we, uh, that informed the look of these characters uh, from day one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, when you're doing something like this, this is very focused. And I think to its benefit on Victor, on Nora, on their respective families, whether they're deceased or not, as we saw in the pages that we put up on screen, uh, you find out pretty early that Victor's brother died in the early going. That's kind of one of the things that motivates him. But is there that temptation to kind of sneak those Easter egg characters in anyway, those other characters who exist in Gotham, because there's so many of them, or are they in there in the book and people should be looking for them? We don't have any other characters from Batman lore. Um, what we do have, I do have, uh, I did put in as many, I did put in a couple of Easter eggs. So we've got like Deanie's Diner, you know, you can find yeah. that. Uh, I definitely put in, Mike Mignola's name somewhere because he designed the iconic like swimming yep. tube outfit of Mr. Freeze. Um, and, you know, the um, uh, what else? I got the goggles, you know, you got to put yep. in Mr. Freeze's goggles. So I, I, I figured out a place to put that in. So that's just me and my own like uh, fanboy nerdy excitement. <laughs> I'm throwing that in yeah. um, the uh, the. Under the Moon of Catwoman Tale, I think I had like like a like a couple dozen Easter eggs. You know, I even like put in like uh, like Penguin's duck vehicle from Batman Returns oh, yeah. in there. You know, like I was just throwing in as many things like Falcon t- Tower and all this kind of stuff from wow. like and like deep cuts. Like I have like a dog monster from Batman Beyond season three in there that no no <laughs> one will ever ever notice that except for me wow. um i did get a really cool uh message from um a couple of like uh jim ballon is his name and that's the catwoman artist that i grew up with so i had uh, a character wearing a jim ballon shirt he actually reached out to me on on facebook ah. he was like thanks for the shout out i was like i love awesome. everything that you did awesome yeah i got a so, question here on youtube for ramsey hassan says would you be into a third gotham ya book and if so which characters would you want to explore next mm. yeah okay um well thank you for that question um I love working in this line. I love working with Lauren. Um, I would definitely, definitely love to do another thing. Um, I always thought Nightwing would be a really cool character with a lot of, of YA potential. You know, um, I, I'm really interested in, as far as Nightwing goes, like him finding, uh, uh, Dick Grayson finding his own identity. You know, there's a lot of YA potential there. I mean, yeah. I was, I was this demographic, uh, this age when I started thinking my parents didn't have all the answers, you know? And, <laughs> and that metaphor of Robin becoming Nightwing is very strong, you know? So I, I would mean, love to go a ahead. Dick, a Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, uh, like full on romance where it's not even about the superheroes. It's about like, their relationship i would love that 
Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely. You know, one of the things that we were talking about uh, when we first started pitching and talking about ideas with the DC editorial was they wanted a romance story from from us. That was sort of a hole in the um, line. And so they were looking for these these big romance stories. Um, and, and I think that a, a Barbara Gordon to Grayson story would be awesome. I think that would be great. Very cool. Uh, we got a question here from Stray Bullet, uh, who wants to know, most important question, does Isaac ever cosplay as Jon Snow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. Thank you very it, much. I think it is. Yeah, it's a absolutely. compliment. For sure. <laughs> um, no, I haven't. Uh, but I'm going to start now. I guess I'm going to. I got to go. Now's the time. The There's no better yet. time than now to be making some strong John Snow. Winter is coming, man. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I'm on it. You can count on me. Uh, other than this, what else do you have coming up now, now that this book is finally out in the world? What can you plug? Uh, well, I see that you got a Wonder Woman t shirt on. Uh, very, yes. very cool. So tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, we've got uh, Wonder Woman Agent of Peace issue 17. That's out on digital platforms, comicsology. And Wonder Woman is my one of my favorite characters of all time of anything that's written by uh, that's written by the great, amazing Andrea Shea. She is a close friend. I knew her when she was an editor at Aspen Comics, oh, and wow. she gave me one of my first portfolio reviews. I was like ah. 2011 or something. <laughs> and uh, she's since moved on to DC, and she edits Suicide Squad with Tom Taylor and oh, Aquaman yeah. with Kelly Sue DeConnick, and she's incredible. And um, so we did a Mara story together. That's uh, Aquaman Deep Dives. I forget the number. Let's say it's eight or something i don't know people find it. <laughs> and um and we are doing this this wonder woman short uh chris peter is the colorist on that she was the colorist on victor nor as well this is our i think fourth project together so um she's awesome i love this team i love working with them and it's a really really fun standalone story so i think i, I was actually watching scott snyder on your channel, on your oh. show. And he was talking about how this is a really cool, fun place to test out new talent. And I was like, oh, yeah. he's talking about me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the best. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got that coming out tomorrow. I am <laughs> also in the upcoming flashbacks anthology, which is edited by Mime Bialik, who is oh, wow. a star, oh, yeah. a Hollywood yeah. celebrity. And yeah. um, there are a couple of things in the pipeline. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Isaac Goodhart, Isaac Dash Goodhart on Twitter. I'm a lot less active on there. But when that stuff is announced, that's where I'll be posting about that. Can you jump in? Awesome. Yeah. Isaac, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congrats on the book. It really is fantastic. And yeah, I can't congratulations. wait for people to read yeah, it's it. So it's so good. Thanks, so guys. Good. Really, really appreciate it. And um, I remember you guys, I do want to say this before uh, yeah. you kick me out. Uh, <laughs> I was, I, I knew I was following you guys during the Nerdist days. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's really cool that, uh, you know, um, I was uh, going to SVA in New York City, and I, I, I could never get it together to get to a show. I think you were doing it out of UCB. Is that right? Uh, the, the, pit. Pit. the Pit. The Pit. Same pit. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the, well I, and that... then I was actually 14, so it was very, I was up very late at night. <laughs> <laughs> that was long ago, but I'm very young, as we said. Yeah, he would yeah. get all tuckered <laughs> out, and I'd carry him so home good. after the shows. Oh, it was, that's, that's adorable. So much candy, not alcohol. <laughs> 
Um, the comments uh, over on the side here, the comments are screaming to tell you that they love your vibes so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> like, it. You guys have a very okay. nice side scroll. And I've, I'm always, I don't know what to look at. This is a very look at the guys here. We're meeting for the first time. There's, there's text over here. It's yeah. it's bananas, but thank you. I appreciate it. Amazing, Isaac. Thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. Have yeah, I hope night. we can do this again, guys. Thank yeah, you. So yeah, love yeah, you. Let us know when Absolutely. you have a new thing. Bye. Okay, well. All right. Uh, there we go. What I gotta I gotta uh, Alex, a you're, a monster, the you're a monster. You're a monster. Uh no, what's I'm good? Just saying all oh, because he's such a sweet, uh yeah. cool guy. It's great. The vibes are good. The brand is strong. Vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes, man. Uh and definitely pick up Victor and Nora, a Gotham yeah. love story. It's really great. And like we we're talking about, absolutely gorgeous. All of the art comes through beautifully, and the story is good really too. Nice. Really um, great. Yeah, really fun book. And folks, we're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section, because you all make it up. It's your audience question. And for audience audience questions, we're going to go to you all, the audience, in two places. If you're over on YouTube, I'm keeping an eye on the comments. Definitely give us a little bit of a thumbs up. We like that. On Crowdcast, I see a bunch of questions already and ask a question. But if you haven't, drop one there and we will judiciously go through them. As yes, I and Alex, remember, Alex vets all the questions. So he's, you got to get through questions. quite a gatekeeper <laughs> when it comes to asking an inappropriate question. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do we uh, do we want to talk about what we're drinking first? Yes. Yeah, normally how it works. Is is Pete, what are you, what are you poisoning week. yourself with this week? Well, uh, I'm antifreeze off, and scope. <laughs> I'm polishing off a little bit of. Uh, we had a little white wine, so I'm finishing off the white wine that we had. Nice. Oh. The way you say it, you sound like a real connoisseur. Uh, <laughs> is it a house white? What's going on? What you got <laughs> I'm there? having some of the white wine. I don't know, man. It's like, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's got a bunch of French words on it. Yeah, I hate just got a picture on it, and it's white wine, so I don't know. Yeah. There probably are words on there somewhere, I'd wager, nah, but... Read them over. Read them, yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin, what about you? What are you? I'm drinking on? can. I'm drinking can. Yeah, can. Name it in a P way. It's just a can. Just I a opened can. the can and I drank what was in it. This is um, a juice bomb uh, IPA. Oh, juice bomb. Nice. Uh, I got it. Was uh, it was a nice cold day out there? Uh, really chilly, so I went over to the old beer no. distributor. <laughs> Whenever Alex goes to the temperature, temperature before like he got to be uh, Southern Tier Two Xmas, Two Xmas Spiced Double Ale. Take this uh, cow to the store and come back with money, and you come. I'll back tell with you a what, bunch of cinnamon <laughs> magic beans. <laughs> uh, this is real good. Uh, if you never had it from Southern Tier, one of my favorite breweries. It's brewed with orange peels, ginger root, cardamom, cinnamon, fig paste, and cloves. Oh. It is oh, delightful. fig paste, my oh. favorite ingredient. <laughs> Someone took a, a canister of potpourri and poured it into mm-hmm. some yeah, lovely. Exactly. Hot Have you ever had a uh, bud fig paste? Because it's actually not bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, totally good. Uh, zero calories, bud fig paste. Great, <laughs> big football season beer. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go to some questions. Over on YouTube, Nelson Martinez asks, what are some of your, this is a straight up your alley, Justin, what are some of your guys' favorite animated series of all time? I'm finishing Avatar soon and need to start something yes. new. Avatar, uh, all right. Yeah, I'm uh, also finishing it soon. Avatar, great. Um, Adventure Time, um, I think I'm, I'm just about to dip back in and just rewatch some Adventure Time because that shit is amazing um i talk a lot about the mythologies in both avatar uh, and um adventure time 
These are the best mythologies on television. Get back into them. Primal's really good. We talk about that show a lot. Um, what else? Uh, what about some of the classics? Cowboy Bebop, I uh, recently, during the quarantine, uh, watched for the first time. Pretty amazing. Uh, author uh, Gravity Falls, that's on. Oh, yeah. Episode. Such a good show. And even if you've watched all of it, I was so surprised to find this. On Disney+, Plus. they have a bunch of, ton of Gravity Falls shorts that I'd never seen before. I guess they oh, were wow. things that, like, played in commercials on the Disney Channel. But they're really funny. And uh, my kids have now watched Gravity Falls, I think, three times through. Watched oh, wow. all of the shorts. It's great. Such a good show. Uh, Gravity Falls, another show with, like, a great backstory that, that really unfolds over the course of it. Uh, my kids have been my uh, kids have been watching Gummy Bears, and that's not as good as it was <laughs> as a child. <laughs> not, Don't go back and try to watch that stuff. I tried to watch Thundercats. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know if they were putting real top caliber talent into the writing room writer's room over there <laughs> i don't know the bears bounce or some shit they eat another berries and then somebody says donkey now the snorks now that holds up oh definitely yeah. yeah just as thoughtful and intelligent as they were the first time you watched them yeah. on yeah. the usa cartoon express oh, I watched oh it. Holy uh, let's go over here with the air bear bunch <laughs> air bear bunch uh, let's go over here to Crowdcast. We got a question from Edward Doherty. As we all know, the first issue of the Justice League of America from 1960 featured a bright primary color scheme, and ever since, the popcorn quality of the comic has been reflected by its vibrant palette. Having said that, why Whoa, do you think Zack Snyder... Goes to Stan Lee here, or what's the deal? Yeah. Uh, having said that, why do you think Zack Snyder is a visionary genius from saying his ideal viewing of his Justice League cut should be in black and white, and why do you think Snyder has such great and true understanding of all DC characters? This feels like a very leading question to wow. me, Edward. Heavy sarcasm in this question. I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, this is probably partially based on, I don't know if you all saw this, but uh, after taking down the Justice League trailer for HBO Max, uh, they put it back up today with a sound-alike version of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, uh, which sounds like it was played on a synthesizer somewhere, which is pretty hilarious. Cool move. Well, no one will ever detect a sound-alike from a... (laughs) a Uh, And then a bunch of uh, Zack Snyder's redone visual effects for the movie, including the main one that people are making fun of online. Uh, He redid Steppenwolf, the villain, we all know this, but Steppenwolf, the villain of Justice League, and made him way sharper, like <laughs> like sharp, yeah. like a porcupine, basically. Yeah, but also so stupid looking. He's not in, at all menacing. He looks like a no. candelabra at a in like a French palace or something. Like the I love the the, the meme uh, that I saw going around was um, uh, the knives out sculpture replaced by uh, him. Oh yeah, <laughs> which that's was good. funny. Yeah. Uh, well, what do you think about this? I mean, is there any chance there's so much discussion and obviously the Snyder cut people are so bullish for it and everybody else is so negative for it. Is there any chance this is going to be good or interesting or is it just going to be a $70 million disaster on top of a $300 million disaster? I mean, I feel like it's almost passe to say it's going to suck. Like at this point, I just want to, uh, I'll watch the first hour uh, and uh, see what's happening, maybe. But I, the Justice League movie was so bad, and he's only adding, what, five new minutes of footage? He said four new minutes, yeah. Yeah, four new minutes. Um, and the rest of it is just, like, other footage that was cut and replaced um, when they redid it. Like, I just don't know what story. And there, it's getting into a lot of, like, the regenerated Superman side of it, which feels like 
I don't know what the fun is there. I guess we'll see a bunch of panels from the comics brought to life meticulously, but that's a joyless enterprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's totally 100% fair. Uh, it wasn't a good movie to begin with, and it wasn't a good story to begin with, so there's not a lot that they can cobble out there. I will say, to give it a little bit of credit, to be like mildly positive about this, one of the actually good scenes in the movie is apparently purely Zack Snyder, which is when Superman is resurrected and he's fighting the Justice League. That's a good fight scene. So it's true. If they can have some of that stuff peppered throughout, uh, I, I I don't like how the Snyder Cut came about. I don't like the culture behind it or anything like that. I know there's some positives in terms of uh, supporting suicide awareness and what you can do about that. And that's great. But there's so much bullying that happened online that that's not good. But at the same time, like, I always want things to be good. I don't want to sit down and watch four terrible hours of the Snyder Cut, but four okay hours of a Snyder Cut with, like, some bright spots in it. That would be great. I, I'd be very happy about that. That's the spirit, Alex. Yeah, four Alex. bright spots. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, four minutes of bright spots. Four bright spots for your boys. Oh, bright spots for the boys. Uh, over on YouTube, uh, we... Ooh, interesting. Uh, Bandito740 says, two guests, also fans. Do the fans of CBC have a name like comic book bubs? Or something way wittier than that. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, we've never talked about this, I don't think, in 14 years. Uh, is there a comic book club fan base name? I don't know. Uh, there hasn't been yet. All right, Nat. Nat in the comments says, wait, there are fans. Come on, Nat. You're here every week, Nat. <laughs> Get over yeah, it, Nat. Yeah, the comic book club Clubbers. kids. Uh, Clubbers, a little aggressive. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else. What else we got? The uh, the Sizzlers, uh, the Pageheads, Sizzlers, Peatheads. Yeah. The Peatheads. I mean, the Peatheads is a whole different faction. Oh, uh, Zelvaniacs. I like that one. I think oh, that's man. probably the final answer there. <laughs> Why don't yeah, please we... do not feed that ego. Uh, uh, good question here from Kevin that ties into one of our guests, as well as a clue for his secret quiz that he is running. Uh, besides Nora Freeze and Harley Quinn, who are some of your favorite characters created for comic book TV shows, whether or not they later got added back into the original comics? And yes, this is a clue. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kevin's clues are so hard; it makes it. I just. I made it. It seems I, like I, such an easy thing. It's just. I'm concerned because the Pete, the star of trivia, seems to be puzzled. He's yeah. he's being out puzzled. I am. I'm being outplayed by Kevin. Uh, but that said, besides Nora Freeze and Harley Quinn, who are some of your favorite characters created for comic book TV shows? Uh, whether they got added into the comics or not. Let's see. What are those characters? So this is, I'll give kind of like a side answer to this. This is the first thing that came to mind. But uh, King Shark, the way that they do him on mm. Harley Quinn, uh, which late of DC Universe, oh, yeah. but now on HBO Max, is so funny. And it's clearly influenced how they're doing him on screen in the Suicide Squad movie that's coming up. Uh, and it's such a specific take that existed nowhere on TV beforehand. It's great. I love it. That's great. Um, I will say the specific in line with that answer, the specific take on Clayface um, from the Batman animated series oh, yeah. is uh, just great for me. I mean, I feel like a lot of the uh, Batman, the lower tier Batman villains were really um, blown out over the Batman animated series and really given their due um, in that show. 
Yeah, it's hard because there's there's been a lot of stuff um, that have come from you know whether it's TV or, or comics that have you know uh, had its place and kind of gotten its moment. So what's nice now is there's a lot of different mediums, there's a lot of different avenues that uh, stuff can get made. Uh, but for me, like uh, you know, I went from hating Kite Man to loving Kite Man, um, and that was because of the animated series. So um, mm. you know. Uh, but you're friends with Matt Oberg. That's not fair. Well, yeah. regardless of me knowing Matt Oberg, uh, you know, the the character is still fantastic and amazing. So, And there's nobody from Arrow that he shoots somebody and it's like, look, I'm scary. This is cool. No one, no, no villains from Arrow made it over to the main comics. Well, I don't know. But you know, uh, uh, they did of that show. Were we talking about live action as well? Because Pete, you didn't say Felicity Smoke, and I feel like oh, I don't yeah. even Felicity Smoke is phenomenal. Uh, such a great character, and also it was fun the way that she kind of was part of the Flash as well as the Arrowverse. So, uh, but he said that made it back into comic books. Yeah. Uh, yes. What? Nothing. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Uh, well, let's move on to some other questions then. Anthony Latch says, have you had the fig paste Oreos yet? Not as good as the fig paste peeps. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I have a, I'm on a fig paste mailing list, so I get everything sent to me. Uh, <laughs> Ramsey Hassan says, Animaniacs is back this week. Any show you would like to come back? Pete, Snorks, got you. Justin, what about you? <laughs> Covered on the Snorks. Uh, well, um, me and Justin both agree that uh, Captain Bucky O'Hare. Bucky and the, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Um, bring that. I mean, there are so many. We had, small... we were in the golden age of uh, cartoons. I feel like as a kid, and we got a lot of like great stuff. I mean, Mask not only is an amazing uh, theme song, but also a great show. I'd love for them to come back with that too. Mask. There's a show called Starcom. Uh, Exo Squad. Did anybody watch that? Man, another great Saturday morning cartoon. Um, Transformers Beast Wars. Um, <sighs> I love that show. Uh, really great. Got into some real existential philosophies for the Transformers. Uh, this is a more recent live action thing, but uh, if we're talking about comic book type stuff, the live action Tick that should be brought back. The, oh, Amazon yeah. did that dirty. I think yeah, like that was so that great. It, they they kind of pushed it to the side for the boys, which I get because the boys is a mega hit. But it's the sort of thing that like if they had released it after the boys, I think it would have ridden that wave because yes. it's such a good yeah. fun show. Instead, it came like a year or two too early, which is a real bummer. I, I would love to be working on Inside the Tick right now. Oh, oh man. Inside the <laughs> Tick Suckers. Tick bites. Uh, tick bites. Yeah, there we go. Uh, ben the Border Collie says Miles Morales is starting comics, movies, TV, and now video game. What meeting medium? Should he break into next? Uh, I'll take this one first. Oreos, I think, based on what we were mm-hmm. saying before. We love a good Miles Morales Oreo. Oh, by the way, Alex, this is an intervention about your fig consumption. <laughs> we need to cut it off. Yeah. You're you're becoming far too twee for our little show. You need to cut off the fig. <laughs> well, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. <laughs> He's not even uh, in control of that accent. Yes, no, not at all. Uh, where would you want to see Miles Morales turn up next? TikTok. uh great uh great answer i mean uh what's what's left really real life uh i'd love to meet him (laughs) yeah i'd love to hang i mean street bullet that's just live action television series on disney plus 
And other than the weird rights with Sodi, uh, that feels like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I want more of the Spider-Verse world. I would let, I would see a TV version of that before I would want to see a live-action version. Bring back that makes sense. Um, like, I don't even need Spider-Ham. I just think that was such don't a perfect... You? a perfect encapsulation of the character. I want that, that medium blown out more before we just shift over into another, another version of it. Yep. Uh, I do want to read this comment over here on YouTube. Uh, this was earlier in the show, but this is for Bradlove. And this is a crazy thing to follow up on, but I'm glad to hear this. Uh, Radlam says, hi guys, greetings from Peru. Good hi. news. After a week of countrywide protests and brutal pre police repression. Yes. A cab. The coup is over. Uh, <laughs> I know normally we don't report on political news, uh, but that did come up a couple of weeks back. Uh, so really glad to hear that. I'm glad you're safe. Radlam. Well, I love yeah. Radlam's comment was like, oh, you guys think you have a coup going on? We have a legit coup, so <laughs> grow up. Grow um, yeah, so up, you whiners. It is great to hear that um, everything is going all right down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a specific request for you, Justin, from Hollywood Homer. If we can get the Snyder Cut on HBO Max, can we get the Star Wars DIY show with Justin on yeah! Disney Mass Plus? <laughs> Uh, I want to see you have as much poll, right? As Zack Snyder, you know, I almost emailed the people because I was like, surely in this content starved world, we could right? find a way to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I could do is I have a couple of them. I could probably show that it's such a dead project. I could show them somewhere. So let's, we'll figure what out a way to show training? up. Just show off me building some truly insane shit. <laughs> Maybe Pete and I should do an after show podcast for it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great. I mean, some of these episodes are long. It takes a long. I built an Ewok treehouse. It was hard. Wow. And so it was like, uh, it was intense. But I definitely have another one. Uh, a bunch. I have like five of them on my uh, save somewhere. So yeah, I'll, I'll put them up. Uh, another question from Ramsey Hassan over on YouTube. Loving the Mandalorian. It refers a lot to things from Clone Wars and Rebel shows. Are they worth checking out? I haven't watched them, but the people that watch them love them. Like, I feel like that's it. And those are shows that if you're looking for an animated show, the question earlier to blaze through in this uh, locked period of lockdown, it's uh, it's a good show to get into. Pete, have you watched either of them? No, I keep thinking that I should uh, check it out. And Mando has kind of made me uh, want to do that. So I'm definitely going to try to do that. So I'll tell you, uh, I I'm watched a bunch of... I watched a bunch of Rebels, which I thought was very good. I watched them with my son, who you might remember as the composer of the Comic Book Club theme song. <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> Not on our yet. show. We yeah, he's saying to... the piano's been drinking, right? Yes. That's his song. So. <laughs> uh, Clone Wars, though, and I know this is totally unfair, but for when I was writing for AMC, the network, not the movie theaters, uh, they would send me out to see movies sometimes. And I went to a midnight showing opening showing of the clone wars movie. And they were like, 10 people there, five of them were kind of dressed in Star Wars costumes, and the movie was terrible, and it uh, completely turned me off with the whole thing. It was like, ugh, I don't want to watch this at all. I do hear that it apparently got better as it went along, and once you hit, like, season four or season five, it's excellent. But personally, for me, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of a bar. So like, That's when, been the barrier to entry for me as well. As people are exactly. like, you're going to love season six. I'm like, yeah, you're going to love me in six weeks to do all that homework. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so I appreciate that people like it. Uh, that is awesome. Um, there we go. Uh, here we go. <laughs> this is a challenge uh, from Lawananana. Who are your top three non-male comic authors? P.S. You had to know this was coming after the oh shit expressions on all of your faces when you were asked the question last week and you realized you listed a bunch of dudes. P.P.S. But good job, Alex. You did say one thing. <laughs> P.P.S. Wow. The sexist history of comics definitely isn't your fault, but I'm sure you agree. You should use your platform to make the future better. Great power responsibly, etc. Etc. PPPS. Love you, XOXO. Oh, wow. Hey, Pete, oh, wow. is this a comic or is this an issue that you talked about? <laughs> in any yeah, in the Pete, last you week? should go first with this one. Okay. Yeah. Pete. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, clearly, um, Pete probably has a look. He's looking at his, this guy's prepped. I, I, I feel Quickly, like, Pete, Google search women comic book creator. <laughs> women. Uh, I mean, Pete's for Googling me, women. Like, uh, Jill uh, Thompson, who uh, does that amazing Beast of Burdens book, uh, for me, always sticks out. But as far as like ride, uh, writers like Marjorie, uh, uh, was it a Lou? I don't want to uh, say uh, yeah. her last name wrong. But um, but also the Why the Last Man, uh, Pia is unbelievable. Pia uh, Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of. Uh, just fantastic art artists out there and yes there are, you know we should give due to uh you know because it is one-sided uh you know shout out the the women as much as we can yeah uh first hand up guy i just want to clarify says are we sure the history of sexism in comics is in alex's fault and i can neither confirm nor did i Nice. Good. Um, N.K. Jemison is a, a writer we talk about a ton. Uh, we That Green Lantern uh, series we love, love. Um, uh, far Sector. Far Sector. Um, yeah. And uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, we read a ton of uh, as well. Um, Pete was trying to say Marjorie Liu earlier. Yeah. Um, uh, her work is great. Um, uh, Gail Simone, obviously, uh, she's written so many things yeah. um, that we love. Um, also, uh, Alex DeCampi that we had on the mm-hmm. show, uh, such a, a bit, like she is such a personality and an amazing person. Like her having her on the show made me really go back and uh, look at a lot of her stuff. Uh, also, throw out Chelsea Kane, who writes Spy Island that we've been gushing over yes. on the Stack podcast. Is, she's awesome as well. Uh, yeah, there are a ton of people. Stable. Jody Hauser, people mentioned Gabriel Bell, um, Rainbow Rowell on Runaways. If you've oh, ever read great. Rainbow Rowell's novels as well, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, she is awesome. Uh, uh, I was just looking up uh, yeah, uh, Nicola Scott, uh, oh, the artist yeah. on Black Magic, who uh, yeah. love that book as well. Yes. And Luana Dada uh, mentions, Alex said, one lady with an oh shit, I have to say a lady expression on his face. Uh, you're not wrong about that. I definitely felt like we were listing too many men. And <laughs> I like Marika Tamaki. She is awesome and Badaki out of the park. But uh, you're correct. Thank you for knowing me better than any of the other members uh who's a comic book club i feel like why are we getting shots fired yeah i'm just saying i feel like me and this uh person lawana nana in the comments have a real connection going on here probably more than i don't want to say justin but definitely pete well she has a history of connecting with comic book club hosts so it makes a lot of sense (laughs) what are you trying to say Uh, This is extremely inside baseball. Uh, Let's move over here to another question. Uh, Scott Carpenter says, what announced comic 
are you looking forward to the most? Ask that on YouTube. Uh, of upcoming stuff, I guess we could talk new stuff, things that are coming up. Uh, anything that you know about that you're particularly excited about that's coming down the pike? Well, I was really excited about the um, the future state uh, wonder. Is it Wonder Girl that is being developed mm-hmm. into a TV show? I was like, oh, that look, the art on that looks great, and I'm very curious what the story is. It gets future state in general uh, does as an event is very interesting to me. Yeah, I I gotta be honest, I was not particularly into the idea of future state because it felt like, eh, we're going to do this for two months and then move on to the other thing. They're just going to kind of take a break so they can get caught up on the schedule. But the fact that they're all in on that Wonder Girl character, and that means probably more characters as well, that definitely really raise the profile of the whole event in my mind. And I feel like DC does a good job with their event. Like uh, DC 1 million, there were a lot of... And while a lot of it was like sort of just filler stuff, there were some great stories that came out of it. So I do think because they have such a long lead on their events, I think creators really have the time to like, if they want to do something cool, they have the time and mental space to do something cool. I'm looking forward to the Batman Catwoman uh, thing coming up in DC. Yes. Another great call. Uh, and then uh, also Lock and Key, what is it, Helen Gone? Is that the name of the next arc after Ooh, Batalli- yeah. Battalions go? Cannot wait. Uh, Always Lock yeah. and Key. And then oh. the Sandman crossover is yes. coming in yeah, that's imminently. Yeah, that's, yeah. can't and, wait uh, for that. Uh, let's go over to Nick Kelly on Crowdcast says, what are some classic children's lit novels that you'd like to see as a comic and perhaps a mashup? Ooh. Children's lit novels. Uh, I loved as a kid, um, the bridge to Terabithia and they did like a movie where they made it into like a magic thing, Mm -hmm. um, which I'd liked less, uh, cause the whole thing was that it wasn't magical. It was like about play and and imagination and stuff. So, uh, but I'd be down to see that story, uh, played out. But what mashup would you want to see? Like Bridge to Terabithia and Vampires or something? Oh, mashup? Oh, I missed that part of the question. Uh, yeah, sure, Matt, uh, Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be terrible. Uh, man, I don't think I've ever cried harder than at the end of Bridge to Terabithia. I still have the image of the end in my brain, and I just read it in a book, and it's been wow. burned into my consciousness for uh ever the last 30 years since I read that book. Yeah. Uh, this is uh Oh, it said comic and perhaps mashup actually. Uh, one that I'll throw out just because I'm reading to the, this to my son right now. Uh, there's a book called the wild robot. That is real good. Uh, <laughs> that's, no, <laughs> that sounds like a book that is four pages long. <laughs> I, well, that's the thing that's uh, crazy about it is it does seem like that. It's about a robot in a crate that lands on an island that's just filled with animals and uh, comes out of the crate and doesn't know anything about the world and starts interacting with the animals there. And you would think it would be like, oh, this is just a picture book. But it's very smartly written and very interesting and has all of these different characters in it. Uh, It's a total chapter book, but some of the chapters are like, some of these are two pages long, some are ten pages long. Um, But there's some really nuanced characters in it, and it does (laughs) keep making me think of a comic book while I'm reading it. I recommend it. Yeah, I've been reading this book to my daughter called Shapes. And there's a there's a lot of cool there's the hexagon feels like sort of a villain. Uh, so I really want to see that explored circle he, classic hero uh, cl- really going on the hero's journey. 
Yeah, Pete, what uh, children's lit books have you been reading lately? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. But surely you read a children's book when you were a child, Pete. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, if by reading children's books, you know, it meant from like running from your life or uh, fighting your brother or, you know, stuff like that. You know. What? Uh, <laughs> great. What uh, why don't we move on to Pablo's question here? This is a great question for a comic book show. Uh, Pablo wants to know, there's a vaccine coming. Would you take it or wait? Yes. Wow. Pablo cutting through the, the culture to get to the real shit. Um, yeah, I'm going to take that vaccine. Vaccine strong. <laughs> Dolly Parton funded it. Yeah. Trust her. Always go with Dolly. I I will say I definitely have turned around on it because I feel like before the election, I was like, fuck no. Trump gives a vaccine. I'm not going to trust anything about that. That's going to be full of Mountain Dew or something like that. Oh, well, if it's full of Mountain Dew, I'm already taking it. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Good job. (laughs) Uh, job. But. Uh, I do think a lot of the reports, particularly the second report about the, what is it, Moderna? Moderna. Moderna. Moderna vaccine. The Pfizer vaccine was the first one at 90, 90% effectiveness. Moderna's yesterday 94. or the day before was 90, 94 and a half. And uh, it is the fucked up thing for me, not to get too newsy, is the Pfizer one, they're like, it has to be kept at like 80 degrees negative 80 degrees it's like crazy yeah. cold temperature and the moderna one is like uh yeah you're gonna like ours too because you can keep it in your fridge <laughs> it's like oh what a talk about a flex like hey ours in regular yeah, temperature. it's 95 percent effective uh yeah and pfizer was like we tested it on a hundred people and moderna uh, was like yeah thirty thousand or something i don't know what it is it's good <laughs> yeah so that definitely gave me a lot more hope for that uh i think we're not we are not going to be in the first line of people to get a vaccine uh, by any means. Uh, so I don't know. I put us in as an essential podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. Oh, God. I hope April or something like that. That's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. First end up guy says, speaking of Isaac's infectious enthusiasm, who are your favorite comic creators as fans? Ooh. I'll throw out Dan Slott. Uh, Dan Slott is oh, one of the biggest comic book fans uh, I have ever met in my entire life. He loves comics. Truly, uh, especially of the, the characters that he works on, specifically mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I mean, he is there is no larger Spider-Man fan than Mr. Dan Slott. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Greg Pak just, uh, you know, like knows his stuff. And he's a real really kick fun. in the pants. He's a real kick in the pants, that guy. Um, I mean, Scott Snyder, whenever we talk to him, I feel you can feel his energy. The more he talks, the more he gets into talking about comics. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so he I guess we sort of switch the question. We're talking about comic creators who are big fans. But who are we big fans of? Um, I would say Alex often points to when I interviewed Neil Gaiman um, at New York Comic Con and Alex saw physical hearts (laughs) broadcasting out of my eyes. It's true. And that's fair. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Good question. Uh, just going to come down here and take a look at some other ones. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is another question. We're going to wrap this up real quick. Uh, another question from First Hand Up Guy. Have any of you seen literally one episode of Pennyworth, apparently about a young Alfred? Uh, what are some other comic book shows that have completely fallen through the cracks? Uh, Pennyworth is definitely one of them. That is about 
Uh, Alfred Pettyworth, It Is Spy Days. It is from one of the creators of Gotham. It airs on Epix, which is part of the reason that nobody watches it. Um, and uh, in the second season, they're bringing in Thomas and Martha Wayne. And Martha is pregnant with a young baby. Who is the baby? We don't know yet, but we'll oh, find out at some point during wow. the second season. Oh, That's pretty man. exciting. Stay tuned we'll, to find out. Will the fetus put on the, the cape and cowl? Uh, oh, man, I think there was like... A Powers TV show that was on like the PlayStation Network. I didn't get to yes. check out. Wow, good answer, Pete. Yes, I yeah. mean it's tough. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, as a nerd when things came out, like I had to go see it. But now there's just so much stuff that you know there's enough time in the day to see everything that you want to. So it's kind of crazy to see where it is now. Um, I there's this show on a hard network to track down as well called Arrow that I just totally missed. Fuck I don't know you, what. <laughs> it's too bad where. you missed it because it started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the one that I haven't watched that I constantly feel bad about only watching the first couple of episodes of is Black Lightning, which I really like the oh, first man, couple of great. episodes. And it's just the one show that's kind of fell to the wayside for me. But I think that is a show that has not fallen through the cracks. If anything, it's really uh, built up pretty steadily. There's going to be a spinoff. There's going to be a spinoff. It's only gotten more popular over time. That's one of those ones that be like, I got to go back and watch that because I know it's good. I just have not had time to check it out. Uh, a question here in the comments from Straight Bullet. New Mutants comes out on digital today. Who might kind of, if you feel like it, maybe going to watch it. Uh, I'll tell you, I've watched it. It's good. Yes, I, like I want to watch. Is it worth paying for, though? Um, I, I, you know that I like New Mutants as yep. a title. You yep. know that I'm a sucker for that. So True. it was definitely on the level of like, oh, that's magic. Oh, that's rain. Oh, this is very exciting. So I don't know. I don't have. That's like definitely a movie that I don't have a lot of filter for. But it, it is a movie that I also think. I didn't see it in theaters, but it's a home movie. Like it's definitely like a small movie with a couple of characters that has some fun horror elements to it and some good action. But it's, it's not a home movie. It's shot on a camcorder and <laughs> yeah, made in yeah. the late nineties. It's mostly it's a... a birthday party. <laughs> There's a picnic element. There's a lot of being like, well, no, put, not put the camera away. Put the camera. Away. I don't want to be on camera. That's yeah. what magic. Says. Uh, but no, it's it's. I enjoyed watching it. My wife saw it. It was the slowest, most boring movie she had ever watched in her entire life. So, and well, thank you for that. Yeah. All right, yeah. but uh, I thought it was good. I think it's worth a rental, personally. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely going to rent it. Especially uh, Stray Bullet says it's five bucks to rent. That price is nice. Um, Kevin says, "How does it compare to the '90s Generation X movie?" Which I remember watching when it aired, and that shit was bad bad. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll tell you, it's it's fine. Like, it is a fine teen slight horror movie. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who everybody is going crazy about in Queen's Gambit right now, is right. awesome as Ileana. She is kind of, like, perfect as magic. Oh, um, wow. She's magic. Yeah. Maisie Williams She's is really magic. good as Rain. Uh, there's, you know, Sam and Bobby being friends, even though Charlie Heaton has like a ridiculous accent to the movie. It's just fun to see them hanging out and doing stuff. Uh, and it's like, if you think about it also in the span of the X-Men movies, a lot of the X-Men movies were real bad. And this yeah. is yes. no, 
nowhere near the bottom of the X-Men series. If anything, it's one of the more faithful X-Men movies, which mm. is very refreshing, given that a lot of them are like, what are you doing? These are not even the characters, please. I just want to see the characters on screen. Um, it, so, and Cypher, how Cypher's role? Yeah. Um, I watched through the credits to see mm. if there was like a post-credits thing, and it must have fallen off the copy that I watched, but I'm sure he was there. I think there's a thesaurus on a desk at one point. <laughs> they use a lot of words. Shots they use fired. a lot of words, and that felt like an Easter egg for Cypher, I think. Yes, exactly. They speak English. Huge Cypher ref. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That is it for your audience questions. Yeah, we yeah. have to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Pete LePage. All right. We just need someone to volunteer. Should we go with YouTube since we did the... Uh, Crowdcast the last couple of times. Uh, uh, what are you thinking? Volunteer sure. for what? Pete, Somebody please over on YouTube tell us what you're about. doing. Uh, oh, this is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. Uh, it's an opportunity to win twenty-five free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics Online. Uh, while we're waiting to see fun. whether somebody on YouTube wants to raise their head to do trivia, uh, to answer sure. a couple of questions here, first hand up guy wants to know if Karma is in the movie, Warlock, Magma. Uh, no, none of them are in the movie. It's uh, Rain, uh, Ilyana, Sam, Bobby, and uh, Danny Moonstar are the five main characters. Also, Cecilia Reyes is in it. She is the doctor who is treating them in the facility. Cool. Uh, and that's experience. pretty much it. The, like That's all of the characters of the movie. Uh, Kevin says, Cypher will be in the Cypher cut, seven hours and $250 million more dollars. Absolutely, you need at least $250 million to uh, CGI generate a blonde male. <laughs> who reads sometimes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we don't have anybody on YouTube. Is there anybody over on Crowdcast? Nope. Wow. I don't know. They're talking really... about Taylor Swift or something. I don't know what's going on on YouTube right now. No shame there. I've been really into Taylor Swift uh, lately. Oh, wait. We got a hand up from Scott Carpenter. Scott Carpenter has a hand up here. So, Scott, you are our trivia person. You are hey, going to get Scott. to do trivia this time. Uh, so, let's kick it off. With some trivia. All right. So uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news. I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. Get all three questions right. $25 will be yours. All right. Here we go. And and just to clarify, just put the letter in the YouTube comments. You're definitely going to be right. uh, And uh, we'll confirm that. But we're a little bit delayed on YouTube. So stick with us. All right. Great. Here we go. Question number one. In DC Future State, Wonder Woman gets her own title as blank. Is it A, Wonder Girl, B, the Amazonian, or C, Billy Porter? So it's either A, as Justin revealed earlier in the show, or if you weren't listening at all, you could be completely wrong. Uh, Scott Carpenter says, the letter. Great. No, that's not what we meant, Scott. We meant <laughs> A in the comments. A is uh, put A in correct. The comments. Yeah, we're, Scott got it right. Let's uh, let's move. Yeah, on. he said the letter. Uh, let's so move on. Pete positioning himself to replace Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. This is his audition oh, tape. Hey, let's rest make in it peace, good. dude. Don't, don't make, do this, stuff like that. This don't, is Pete's audition on. tape. Let's make this really pop, oh, guys. Oh my god, don't do stuff like that. All right. All right. Oh, he said A. He said A now. Okay, great. Hasbro announced in 2021 it will have a crossover of Transformers and blank. Is it A, X-Men, B, GoBots, or is it C, Susan Sarandon? 
So it's either A, which is the correct answer, or you could say B or C. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, since it is A, since it is Transformers, and I'm sure Scott's going to say that in a second, I'm very that's excited to see uh, Wolverine fuck boom, Bumblebee on the moon. I think that's going to be awesome. Yes, exactly. Here he You're is. You're all this sorts is, of messed up. This is doing that right after they finished. Is what, oh, his t-shirt don't they things like that. <laughs> Why? Oh, he says A. There we go. Uh, that was A. A was the guess. All right, here we go. Last one. Jeff John said that there could be a sequel to blank. Is it A, Blackest Night, B, Three Jokers, or is it C, Alan Arkin? So it's Mm. either The sequel to Alan Arkin is Adam Arkin. Ooh, nice. (laughs) So it's either A, which is not correct, or it's B, Mm. Three Jokers, which we all really like. So we'll be excited for a sequel to that. I don't know if we all really like it. I'm being sarcastic. That was what is joke. it going to be? Six Jokers? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Or B. Scott says B. That is correct. Nice. Unbelievable. Incredible. Scott, congratulations. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. You're going to get a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics to spend on the comic books of your dreams. Uh, as we all know, Tomorrow is new comic book day, unless you're DC Comics, in which case today oh, is the, new comic book day. Yes, uh, Pete. Oh, the, the secret yeah. movie. What is the secret movie? Yeah, the secret movie is Noel, the famous Robin Williams movie, Noel. Not Noel. the Anna Kendrick movie that was just released on Disney+. Plus. That is correct. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Uh, so tomorrow is new comic book day. What are you looking forward to? Pete, you want to go first here? What are you looking forward to that's coming out tomorrow? Sure. Once in Future, number 13, and Ice Cream Man, number 21. Mm. Oh, yes. I think we're all excited for that Ice Cream Man. Oh, man, that's so creepy and so good. Uh, Justin, what about you? Uh, I'm looking forward to, and this is a a pick I did not see coming, um, but uh, Widowmakers, Number oh, yeah. one from Marvel Comics, which focuses on um, Yelena Belova, who replaced um, Black Widow for a brief time um, and was sort of the villain of uh, of an arc of Black Widow. It's a standalone issue um, where we see uh, Yelena Belova and Red Guardian sort of meet up. Great story where you really get um, the... Uh, Yelena Belova is like fighting her way through a bunch of things, but this monologue going on in her head the whole time is about politics, her place in the world, uh, Russia's place in the world, and it really gets into some such interesting uh, things. And to have a character with such a point of view, I was really impressed by that. And I, I mean, I will be when I read it. Sure, whenever that sure, happens. Sure. Uh, and I'm looking forward to 7 to Eternity, number 14 from Image Comics. Great call. Uh, just to plug it again, we're going to have Rick Remender on the show in about oh, two man. weeks to talk about this title. I'm super nervous about titles. that. That'll ah, be fine. Don't even worry about it. Uh, but this title uh, has been away for so long. It's so smart. It's such an interesting take on fantasy. I'm really excited to have it back. And Jerome uh, Opeña's art on it is absolutely gorgeous as well. Uh, so that's very exciting. And all of these titles, very surprisingly, are going to be on our stack podcast that comes out of the comic book club feed. And it's how do you do that every Wednesday week at 9 a.m.? It's crazy how that works out. Uh, so check out all those rev- reviews there. And folks, 
I think that's it for our show. A uh, couple yeah. of things before we go. Uh, thank you to our amazing guest, Kyler Merrill. Check out Stonewood Mountains now on Kickstarter. Travis Gibb uh, from Cthulhu Invades yeah. Oz, also on Kickstarter. And Isaac Goodhart from Victor and Nora, a Gotham love story uh, from DC Comics. Uh, awesome stuff. Definitely check that out. A couple of things to plug as well. Umbrella Academy on our Umbrella Academy podcast uh, is now live. We're going to have a new episode, we promise, going up this Thursday. Thursday, so check that out. It's coming. It's coming. Patreon.com slash comic book club to uh, support this show. Uh, join our Slack. Get uh, back and not issues, but back uh, podcasts. Uh, iTunes, Android, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. At Comic Book Live on Twitter for Comic Book Club. Good night. Good night, guys. See. Stay safe out there. CBE. You can't take away Kimmy Gatewood, you asshole. Wait, is there a B on this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you add a B? It's a remake. That's what he's been doing the whole time during the show. Let me be honest. I like this guy's this kid's got a future as a jazz vocalist. Don't gas him up. No, I like this. (laughs) He's right. You can't argue with him. He's right. I'm sorry, Kimmy Gaywood. (laughs) I like he celebrates his own work and then shoots a pistol in the air, which he should really keep him away from guns. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc